Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sporlin HVACR podcast. Now let's talk about some CDS troubleshooting. Now let's first remember, our CDS valves are our stepper motor driven electronic evaporator pressure regulators. These will be found downstream of your evaporator or at your common suction on a rack. And how do we know when to troubleshoot our CDS valves? And that's simple. When your evaporator pressure is not where it's supposed to be, if it's far away from its set point, that's when you should start looking at your CDS valve. And it could be either way. It could be a high evaporator pressure or a low evaporator pressure. And one other scenario I want to mention but is less likely is when you can't get your electronic expansion valves to control superheat correctly or you can't maintain a case temperature. Because superheat is a factor of your suction pressure, it may be that you have an issue with your CDS valve, your electronic evaporator pressure regulator. And one of the first things I like to recommend with any troubleshooting is check the easy things first, okay? Check to make sure that your cable is properly connected to the stepper motor and it's also wired correctly to the controller. Now, because our stepper motors are bipolar, there's a specific sequence that voltage is applied. That way it can drive the motor, meaning the leads have to be properly wired. They're color coordinated, red, green, white, and black. So you wanna make sure these match the terminals or else you can either run the valve in reverse of normal operation or the valve won't do anything, it'll be stalled. And another quick troubleshooting tip is make sure there's power provided to the valve driver, the valve board, the controller. Now if those two things don't solve your issue, next what we want to do is remove power from our controller as well as disconnect our valve from the controller. That way we don't risk shorting either of them. Next, we're going to ohm out each phase of the stepper motor. So for the CDS 2, 4, and 7 sizes, we should see about 100 ohms of resistance between the black and white or the red and green. If you're working on larger CDS valves, the 9, 16, and 17 sizes, the resistance between the black and white leads or the red and green leads should be about 75 ohms. If our resistance is good there, next we'll check the resistance from any lead to the body. Okay, we should see anything greater than one megaohm of resistance. Anything lower than that can tell us that we've had a short to ground. Okay, if you've checked that and there's no short, then, if you have access to the SMA-12, now what the SMA-12 is, is a handheld valve driver. You can wire in your leads and manually open and close the valve. This is one of the greatest troubleshooting tools that we have because it not only controls Sporlin valves, but any stepper motor valves you can manually open and close at different step rates as well. Where I've seen the SMA-12 really shine is when you have issues with your controller. With the SMA-12, you can manually set the position of your EPR. 
Now, one of the times I've seen this used is for a dual temperature case, where the case was set for medium temp and the supermarket needed it to be running low temp. They were having issues with the controller, so what we did is use the SMA12 to open the CDS valve all the way. That way you could run the case at common suction, which is always going to be the lowest temperature available. But yes, by using the SMA12, you can manually check to see if the stepper motor is still operational. After checking all you can with a stepper motor, then we need to look at the valve itself, the mechanical pieces. To do this, first we have to recover our refrigerant and isolate this section of the system. Next, using our SMA12, we want to retract the piston or open the valve fully. Without retracting the piston, we risk damaging the valve body and the piston itself. Next, we need to loosen the lock nut that allows us to pull the housing out. So this is on pretty tight. We want to use the right tools, a couple of wrenches, or if you've taken the whole valve out of the system, then we want to put it into a vise. And because we are opening this valve to atmosphere, we are going to want to change the seals. So make sure you either have a replacement motor or a repair kit handy. With that in mind, we're ready to take the motor assembly off. Now with the motor out, again, if you have your SMA12, you can manually operate your motor and see if it is moving the piston or not. You do want to be careful though, you don't want to extend the valve piston out of the adapter housing. Next, we can visually inspect the inside of the valve body as well as on the piston itself, make sure there are no deep scratches or any physical contamination. With all of that done, we're ready to replace the motor. If your motor is still functional, then we can use the original one, or if you're replacing it, we'll use that one. For the CDS 2 and 4, we're going to tighten the lock nut to 30 to 35 foot-pounds of torque. For the CDS 7 and 9, we're going to go an eighth of a turn past hand tight. This is a knife edge seal, there's no gasket in between. For CDS 16s and 17s, 65 pounds of torque. Then we want to reinstall our cable. Again, making sure our cable is wired correctly and now the valve is ready to run. So let's go ahead and pull a vacuum. After that's done, we'll open up our system to allow refrigerant to flow, and we're gonna monitor and see how our CDS valve is acting. In the show notes, I'm going to put a link to our electronic EPRs, as well as a link to the SMA12 if you wanna check it out. So thank you again, and have a great one.